Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Sneaking up on 40, just like Matt. Uh, we're doing this one over Zoom by Matt's demand. Um, yeah, so if the, audio, if, the audio sucks, if the audio sucks, don't come crying to me, okay? I'll take any and all um, griffs. You can send them to me on Twitter, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Send them to him on Twitter. Get his Twitter jumping. Make it surpass mine, even. That'll be like the funniest thing to do. Uh, but yeah, just uh, got back from Indy. Um, the Indy Demolition Derby for the cup race, at least. Uh, Xfinity race I thought was good. Honestly, I feel like the cup race was the worst one of the weekend uh, as far as people driving over their heads and uh, crashing the entire time. We ended up 21st, which I'm pretty happy with. Uh, after our qualifying practice day, I thought we were going to suck. I thought we were going to get lapped. Uh, but we brought it back. Brought it on P21, a pretty stacked field, a little to no attrition at all. So I'll take that, gain some points. Actually moved up like three spots and owner points and probably gained a little bit of driver points on some people. So all in all, good, good, good weekend. Yeah, hey, uh, you're going to gain them on Moffitt. Yeah, I mean, off it sucks he's out, but we'll gain on him. Uh, Brandon Brown in and out of the 47 car, gain on him. Uh, I saw he's on the entry list for the 68. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew he was going to be in it for a few races, so he might be able to hold it in front of me because he's got a pretty big gap on me right now. Uh, but, you know, we're just going to keep chipping away as long as we keep having weekends where we, you know, finish races uh, and are just consistent. We should be all right. Um but yeah, that was my weekend. I didn't get to go to IRP. I actually, I went to K1 Speed for a charity event and got to race with some kids, dusted them, dusted them bad. Those kids thought they were going to get an easy win on me and Ryan. Not at all. Raced them hard. Uh, and they actually raced the kids like race mini sprints. I was low key afraid that they were going to beat me. But they didn't. But then the people that worked there wanted to race us, and I'm fairly certain they gave us like the worst go karts possible. No, they just turned you down because those are the electric carts, right? Yeah, yeah. And they were turning Ryan's down because he like started up front, so he had a really big lead, and he like could not go on the straightaway at all. That's the yeah. bad. I'm not going to slander K1 Speed at all, but that's the problem with that those kind of carts, the electric carts. Where they can tune you down a little bit, right? Let's. It's just bad. Mine just wouldn't turn left at all. Like if, if you would turn to the right, like a mug, but to the left, not at all. 
If you're ever in Indy, you got to go to Speedway Indoor Karting. I know. That's, I kind of wanted to go that's to SIK. We didn't go, but it is what it is. I wanted to go to IRP too. Didn't get to do that. I got to go. But I was kind of, I almost would have just rather watched it on TV anyways. Yeah. I mean, it, it was more. It was, they said it was sold out. Yeah, it's not real hard to sell out 2,000 seats. <laughs> There's more than 2,000 seats. I Yeah, but it would. There's probably 15,000 people. No chance. That's what they were saying. I was there, did not you count the grass. Time. I mean, do pit road look packed? I mean, it's because the pit road's tiny, but yeah, we'll get into that. Pit road looked packed uh, before the race, which I, I don't know. Good. I don't know what's a worse pit road, IRP or just Indy, the Indy Oval. Indy, or holds, Indy road course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Indy holds a special place in my heart because that's where I got my, um, my cup series pit debut was with uh, a team there couple of years ago co i think it was it was the year before covid mm-hmm. uh so that holds a special place in my heart but after that um it is quite possibly one of it's the most treacherous pit roads for a pit crew guy it is very narrow it is super narrow and very long right. um which does not bode well for thick boy stock cars right no, I mean, like, it was like hard to find my spot in the pit stall because the stalls are so long. Yeah, I mean, you probably couldn't get into a rhythm getting into the pit box because you don't know. Well, do I want to go long because there's someone behind me? Do I want to go short? Um, our driver had that issue. The first stop, he stopped super short. Like I'm talking tail over the back line, so you could fit another car in front of him in the box. Yes, correct. At least one more car. Damn. Yeah, but uh, I was with Partis, so Partis doesn't really do a lot of right. racing, so I'll give him a pass on that one. I had to, as a gas man, I had to take three steps back, which is normally not the uh, the way to go. Right. But just trying to get around. Uh, Indy is well known for the people in the yellow shirts, and they were out in full force this weekend. Uh, just, you know, I, I applaud them for how much they love their jobs as security guards, but... It was a little extensive this week. I had to have my hard card out at all times. I was wearing a fire suit and this one guy stopped me and goes, sir, do you have your credentials on you? I'm like, um, I'm wearing a fire suit. I'm pitting the race. Can you just please get out of my way? He goes, I need to see credentials. I said, oh yeah, they're up in my pit box. I'll go get them. He said, all right, I'll be standing right here. I'll wait for you to get back. What an ass, honestly, like. I don't know. I'm I'm in full fire suit. I have just a regular hat on and sunglasses, and I'm I'm all I'm wearing a black fire suit, black pitch shoes. The guy had an issue, but yeah, maybe they should spend less time uh, heckling people walking around for their credentials and more time trying to figure out traffic because that's terrible. I could not imagine trying to get in and out of their Indy 500 weekend. I could not imagine it. So my coworkers did the Indy 500 this year. Uh, we actually had a hospitality bus inside the facility. Um, they said if they were, they spent, they spent the night before the 8,500 because traffic starts backing up at the gates at three o'clock in the morning. What? Yeah. Even this weekend, um, they didn't start letting even industry personnel into gate two, which is right by the museum until 11 o'clock. So it, it backed up the whole 
that whole street right there. No, I was I was in that backup. Yeah, I think it's Crawfordsville Road. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Like that seems like it's the main entrance to me. Like right. I've never gone in any other way. Neither have I. Um, but so Sunday morning, you know, I want to get a good base because I know I'm not going to be eating very much. I don't really eat much on race days because I'm running around so much. And I was looking to get some Taco Bell breakfast. And there's one right there off Crawfordsville Avenue or Road. I stop in, right? It's 1035. I'm like, hey, man, you guys serving breakfast still? No, man, we're not serving breakfast. Okay, cool. Give me a chicken quesadilla. Oh, what to drink? I'll take a Pepsi. All right, cool. You want sauce with that? Sure. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Uh, We can't make chicken quesadillas right now. All right, no problem. Um, I'll just have a crunch wrap. Cool. Cool. What you want? Pepsi with that? Yeah. Uh, do you want sauce with that? Sure. Oh man, I'm sorry. We, uh, our grills down. I'm like, so what can you make right now? He goes, I think we got some of those breakfast balls left. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a pass for me, dude. So he's like, I think we also have a salad. I'm like, once again, I'm just, I'm just going to leave now. So thanks for your effort. Very minimal effort, but I'm just, it's a hard pass. Well, your, your first issue is you said you want to get a good base. You're like, I want to get a good base for race day. You go to Taco Bell. of all Taco Bell breakfast. It It's I've very never, severely. I've, I've had it once and I was like, yeah, probably won't ever have this again. No, I haven't had me. Taco Bell in damn near a year anyway. Good for you. I would hit the soundboard, but you can't hear it. So we're on Zoom. I mean, you can hit it. I'm sure someone will hear it. No one will hear it. If you can't hear it, no one can hear it. We'll just put it up to the microphone. No. Oh, okay. I'm fine with it. We don't need I haven't had a carb since 2004. I was saying. There you go. But yeah, that was the start of my chaotic day. Yeah. I'll just just leave it at that. It was a very rough day. You weren't responsible for the tent flying off. That wasn't your food guy, was it? No, we've almost had that happen before at Martinsville. It almost flew onto the racetrack. But um, no, that was some fan down in turn one. Mm. But that, that race, man, that race was let's, something let's, else. Let's back up to Friday. Um, so I show up for the truck race. And because we were at the we were at the main track, big track, till about five o'clock. When checked in the hotel, IRP is not very far from the brickyard like seven miles seven or eight miles 15 minutes so we stopped at the hotel got some food went to the racetrack arc race is going on they have one way to get into the infield it's a pedestrian tunnel outside of turn four no one checking credentials just walk. if you wanted to you could have walked down on pit road for all you fans out there but i get there arc race is just about ready to be done and putting all my stuff on for the race. Then these two guys from the ARCA race walk down. One guy's about 65 years old. And he's the jack man. He brings a Brunholzel jack, which is a very old school jack, which is they're now shop jacks. They're not race jacks anymore. Was it, because, the, uh, was it the rectangle head one? With the rectangle thing you jack it up with? Uh, no. Oh, that's the classic. Yeah, this one was a little bit newer than that. And he comes rolling down. You, most jackmen these days, they they care for their equipment. So they carry their jacks everywhere. Uh, you know, they have bags for them and stuff. This, this guy 
rolled it. And we were in turn, we were in the middle of turn three and four. The Arca race, they were pitting it on the front stretch. So he was probably at the start finish line. Uh, he rolled that thing. He just grabbed the jack handle and rolled it like a normal shop jack from the middle of the front stretch all the way around to the to the middle of three and four. And I look at this jack and I go up to him like, are you the jack man? He goes, yeah, that's what they tell me. I'm like, okay, cool. Is this the jack you're using? He's like, yep, it hasn't failed me yet. We use it all the time for Arca stops. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, this is going to be quite possibly the most interesting race I've ever seen. The front changer shows up They're like, all right, we're ready for these competitive pit stops. Right. I'm like, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, okay. When's the first stage break? When are they stopping the race for the five minute like break so we can change tires? I'm like, excuse me. He goes, yeah. When we get that break. So if we get the five minutes so we can change tires and then you can put fuel in. I'm like, uh, this is live stops. So are you guys comfortable running out in front of the, the truck? They're like, excuse me? Um, we're like, we do live pit stops in the truck series. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess we're just going to have to be ready for that then. <laughs> so that was a treat. Uh, luckily, they didn't have to do any pit stops because um, the vehicle that I was on grenaded, grenaded down the front stretch after right after stage one. I mean, speaking on the, the rolling jacks thing, I'm honestly surprised that they still have wheels at this point because they wow. don't roll. I mean, you stick them under the car and jack the thing up. Like, I feel like wheels at this point are just a formality. Like, it's a it's a it's a throwback. Better. It's a throwback to yeah. a time. I'm surprised they don't have like some kind of slider system or something that's lighter and more efficient. Yeah, but I think they've just found that wheels work better. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I guess thinking back on it, like a lot of those guys, like the wheels are like three quarters of an inch tall on the front and then the regular casters in back. But I'm surprised that those, the regular casters haven't gone away, but I guess they need the, the rotation. Uh, that's actually hilarious though. Like why <laughs> they had no idea. Yeah. So uh, these back of the pack truck teams that I sometimes pick for not throwing anybody in the bus, I'm not going to name names, but they try to get the cheapest people possible. I guess they might have honestly thought that they were break stops because it's not it's technically not a companion race. Technically speaking. It's close enough to where they were like, yeah, y'all just drive over there and do it. And then like I had a kid who I'm pretty sure was a UNLH kid, but he's just super excited to be there, super eager. I commend him. Like he was all about it. Uh, he was trying to hand me second can or first can right up on the wall. Mm -hmm. And the way uh, we're not doing video, are we? Otherwise I throw a bunch of hand signals out here. So basically you want to get the, the head of the can down as low as possible. So you can get all of the air out of the system before you, you basically purge the system when you pick it up. Mm -hmm. So it's constant fuel flow into the car rather than two and a half seconds of air. Right. So I have all my cans set up this way. And dude's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to hand you your first can. So what's he do? First thing he does is tips Stand it up, straight up. <laughs> stands it straight up to where the fuel nozzle or the fuel head is standing straight up and down. I'm like, perfect. And then he, he was a bigger kid, but uh, he just, he just couldn't get it. He couldn't figure it out. So I'm like, Hey, bud, let me just help you out here. So I laid it on the ground. I'm like, pick it up from here. Hand it to me like this and we'll be fine. 
Uh, we didn't didn't even, didn't even need to do it. Didn't even need to do it. Like which truck out. were you on? The one that got wrecked or the one that broke? The one that broke. Okay. There was a whole chaos. Were they trying to fight the people that got wrecked? I'm, were you going to get in that scrum? I was. Listen, I'm just a hired hand. I have yeah. no. I have no allegiance to anybody that I pit for. Unless, really? Unless no, I. What if you're pitting me? If I if I'm pitting for you, I have some skin in the game. But if I'm pitting yeah. for, you know. Joe Blow. Yeah. You're not you're like, yeah, that's not my deal. <laughs> Listen, I only get I only get paid to show up that and is pick not a truck. Um a former podcast guest on this one, <laughs> Dump, was in that yeah. situation to where one of the I think it was this is a couple of years ago. I think it was uh Spencer Davis got into it with someone at Martinsville on the racetrack, and they sent Kemp down to the truck. To make sure he got out of the truck. Oh, right. that was a hilarious. <laughs> he <laughs> loved it. Their arms crossed. Yeah, he loved no one's it. coming over here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I don't get paid any extra to be an enforcer. I'm, Speaking I'm, of Tom, I'm surprised he didn't get into something this weekend. That's true. He would be all he would be all in. He'd be hands on in the fight. You know, he would for anybody. He's your brothers. Yeah, I mean, he's when he gets invested in a team, he is just, he is all about it. Yeah. He, he on the other hand, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. It's just, that's you film it. You get the viral video. Yeah. I tried to. You'd get the Natalie Decker pulling Spencer Boyd's hat off and throwing it on the ground. Yeah. That's a classic. Just a my classic. buddy actually filmed that. And that's like the video that goes around. It's kind of funny. It was a guy that was working on, I was driving DJ cops truck that weekend and he got that video that weekend. You got served. Spencer. Yeah, that was funny. But I didn't even see what happened with that whole wreck. I, I heard that the 33 got into the 12 and it was just, there was a kerfuffle. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just not going to say much because whatever I'm going to yeah. say is going to be mean. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll do it in the, in the, the live after. I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't wreck someone if you can't do it without crashing yourself. Landon Castle right. said Landon Castle says the best. Yeah. yeah. You gotta try to if you're gonna try to wreck someone, try not to wreck yourself. Correct. But it was a, so I actually it was one of the first times that I've actually got to experience a race lately as a fan. Uh, I went because we were out after the first stage. I went and sat up in turn one and uh, on the grassy knoll, and it was it was pretty good. It was a pretty good race. It's crazy that you know we have a short track that is available to all series. That is a short track. That's multi-groove that you can run literally anywhere. And it's, and it's not, not, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It's not, it's not a tire dependent track. Per and se. it's also not, I think tires health, but I mean, it's also not in the short track tri-state area. Like it's a short right. track that other people can experience. Right. Now I don't understand why it's I mean, I understand the logistics of it, uh, they probably don't want to pay the money for Xfinity to come there. Uh, but in my honest opinion, that is the best, probably the best track on any NASCAR schedule right now is IRP. I mean, that was a great race. I mean, Carson Hosevar and uh, Grant Infinger races side by side for like 10 laps. It didn't even really run into each other that much. Yeah. Majeski and uh, Grant later in the race. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's a place where like no one like, 
you can pass people, but you got to work for it. And to me, that's what makes a great short track. Uh, you got to work for it. And like, even back in the day, racing late models, every places we'd go and they'd actually, they'd use the PJ one, but it actually worked there. Like I can relate model races, racing side by side for the lead for like 10, 15 laps just going. And that's what people want to see. That's what get people on their feet, puts butts in the seats. And yeah, gets I mean, out. I think realistically it should be how it's set up now. Uh, trucks and Arca Friday night, mm-hmm. Xfinity Saturday night, and then whatever they want to do at the big speedway on Sunday. Yeah. And it's like, I was talking like the road course, the cup, like the cup race was the worst race of the weekend Correct. by far. Yeah. I mean, people running over each other. The last two restarts were borderline embarrassing. Uh, but they're doing the road course for the one reason that they can hold a doubleheader weekend on it. Yeah. And, and I then, mean, you could argue that they've done it before where they race on the Oval Sunday and the road course Saturday, but that was before practice too. That was no practice time going on the racetrack. You can't alter practice back and forth oval road course oval road course unless you're really really on it which i or which indianapolis probably could it'd just be really really hard and i feel like there would be lots of mistakes made and then also thinking about the people like okay you're standing on the the grass hill in turn seven you're not going to see any cup practice like no sorry nothing but i mean i, I agree with the Trucks, Arca, Friday, whatever you want at the Speedway Saturday during the day, Xfinity at night at IRP, and then the Sunday Cup race, I think, is perfect. But to all the fans out there, if you wanted to come back, if you want to go back to IRP, just like I'm, I'm looking at Twitter right now, um, go support the track. Don't, don't just say, I want it back, but you got to go support it. I'm looking at Twitter, uh, North Wilkesboro, I guess, it's, it's packed to the gills. And there's Is still it? people filing it. That's what they're saying. That's, that's good. What the, that's what the people are saying. I'm, I want to go and tomorrow. That's, and that's just for modifieds. Right. Right. This late model stuff doesn't start till. No, nah, I mean, can you imagine weeks? when old June bug goes out there in a the late model stock and they're not going to fit all the people there. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be standing room only. It's going to be crazy. But you, you, if you want something so bad, you got to go support it. You can't just say you want it back because this stuff costs money. Yeah, and that's what people a lot of people don't get that the money is the bottom line here. That's what people are looking for. I mean, that's that's why they have us at the road. That's why Xfinity went to the Indy Speedway in the first place was because it cost IRP money to get an Xfinity race. And then IRP the the TV deals, like all that stuff, it does not pay what Indianapolis Motor Speedway pays personally. Not even close. Like it was a huge purse for Xfinity this weekend. Like I was looking at the purse breakdown. We might've talked about this last week, did we? Or no? I think we touched on it a little bit. Like, I mean, it was over a million dollars more for the Xfinity series, which Xfinity is always more, but I wouldn't quite say a million dollars. And then the cup series was $8 million more. Yeah. But it, it was also, it was also reflected in the viewership. Uh, I know the, the cup viewership was up this week. Uh, substantially from last week is over three, 3 million people had watched the race and it's severely now gapping F1 in the United States. So I think yeah. we, 
the uh, the Netflix effects over a little bit, but uh, going man, their, their silly season has just yeah. I mean, hell, even the Xfinity's race had more viewers than F one. Yeah, which isn't saying much, but I mean, it's saying a decent amount. I mean, for U.S. viewership. Yeah, I mean, that for an Xfinity race, that was probably one of the more boring Xfinity races of the year. It was kind of boring, but it was good. In my mind, from where I was sitting, it was really good racing. There just wasn't any wrecks. I mean, you could argue that the Cup Series race was exciting, but it's also just a crash fest. Yeah, I mean, I I spoke with uh, a driver in the field who his specialty and his background is in sports car racing. Mm-hmm. And he said, there's no respect in any of these road courses. No respect. Everyone drives 10 feet over their head. Just drive it in there and hopefully you don't come out with wheel damage. And just yeah, I mean, it. yeah, I mean, and that's it's either you're going to wreck somebody, you're going to get wrecked. That's how it was at Portland in the Xfinity race. Like I mean, going into that chicane, you can either play defense and hope you don't get crashed. Or just be the aggressor and try to come out. I mean, there's two different ways of doing it. I, unfortunately, was on the losing side on that last restart. But it, I don't know, it sucks. I hate that it's like that. You know, I, there's I no think, way to fix it. I think for NASCAR purposes, you can't have turn one be a 90-degree turn. Yeah, because like there is a lot of opportunity there. But at the same time, like, there, there's no consequences for when you screw up. Correct. I mean, all you're doing is just pissing off six other guys who just cobbed it in the corner. Exactly. I mean, they. I feel like it's worse this year in cups specifically because they have composite bodies now. Like before, if you did that in a cup car, you have tire rubs, you got to come back. Like you got to come to pit road. You couldn't do that. Now you can, even though like you might, you know, break a toe link, but I feel like they're going to roll those dice more often in a, 30 mile an hour corner where they're already leaning on someone when they get there, it's not going to break that stuff. And it's just going to, the possibility is going to flex and then come back and then they're good. Uh, which what? sucks. I'm afraid for Watkins Glen. Yeah, but it's not really a 90. I mean, it's, it it's is, a, it's a progressive turn, but, but there's a lot more runoff. Yeah. And what'd you think of Ross Chastain's bold move at the end of the race? I don't think he should have got penalized. I really don't. Did you not watch that? He went. He slowed down to make the turn. And then where was he going to go? Where was he going to? Yeah, he did. I would have too. What are you going to do? Go down there slowly? I mean, he wasn't going to make the turn. There was four people that was inside. And the the third guy in that stat got pushed in the grass. So what's he going to do? It's a no-win situation for us. Not really. I mean, NASCAR made the rule. He attempted to make the turn and then couldn't. So I don't. I, guess, think, I never saw him turn right. I don't know. You could argue he did. He turn right. Did he slow down enough? Did he do any of these things? But I mean, why turn right if you know for a damn fact on the straightaway that you're not making it through? No, I think he just heard the extra little blurb at the end of the uh, 1948 that every driver has to take the Joker lap. I mean, I, I really. But the thing that kind of is pisses me off about it. There was no penalties all weekend for that. I got passed. Austin Dill did it then and got penalized. I got passed by him in the Xfinity race when he did it. Like, middle of a run. Missed the corner, gassed up. Like, he drove it in too deep, started wheel hopping, gassed up. 
drove down there and then passed us like past like three cars for that matter. No one ever did anything about it. It's tough. It, that's NASCAR's fault. Like make it harder to get through there. Very true. Like, make a little chicane or something like the, They're really going to have to slow down because I mean, even me and Brandon were talking about it, my spotter. And he's like, yeah, it's, like if you do it right, it's faster. It's way faster than going around the regular corner because it's, it's one corner instead of two. Right. Plus so, you get such a better run off of though. No, that's what I'm saying. Though. You cut that whole corner off that whole right-hander into four. It's gone. Crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. How was the picture this week? They were good. Uh, I mean, there's no mistakes. So that was good. Uh, we had a guy had to go put a packer in and they couldn't grasp. They couldn't figure out how to get the car lifted up. And like, they're like trying to pick up on the car. Then they started to pick up on the right front. We're putting a packer in the left front. Uh, and then like they're trying to pick up on it. I'm like, just get the jack. Like we've been sitting here for 10 minutes. Like just get the jack and jack the car. up. We put a packer in. It's really not that difficult. Uh, yeah. There, there's really two kinds of picture guys. There's guys who are athletes and there's guys who are picture guys. Yeah. But and then the, the funniest part was uh, the guy we set up with Walt for the Packer and wasn't a pit crew guy. He was a road crew guy. Oh, that's that's. Yeah, but that was good. I mean, he he knew what he was doing. He right. opened the hood flap, went to put it in there, but he didn't buckle his uh, bicycle helmet. Oh no! So it fell off, and I'm like on the radio, like put his helmet on, like hold his helmet on. <laughs> so one of the guys is just like holding this helmet on the guy's head from across the car. That's always good. That's it's always good to see crew guys. You know, the biggest athletes this week at the road course was the uh, the driver, the driver specialist person, because they had to run out around the car. Yeah, for cup for cup. I was like, I went to ours and I was like, why don't you just go into the passenger window? He goes, can't. Oh, can't. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because we're running side windows. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Is. But yeah. how about Busher staying in the car while it's on fire and the damn Fire extinguisher smoke. So our pit box was right in front of his, and uh, it just rained fire retardant for about a solid five minutes. And it really? was absolutely awful. See, I've had that happen to me before where the door foam caught on fire, fire uh, retardant door foam caught on fire at Vegas. And luckily, no one sprayed any fire extinguishers because like, I was on fire for like 10 laps under green. But under green, it doesn't really matter. I didn't really care. Like, I'm just going to run it out. We're on fire. It'll be okay. I basically, the caution comes out. Once the caution came out and air stopped moving. Then you're like, I need. Oh, boy. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm pitting right now. Like, I can't. Because I can't breathe. When that stuff's on fire, like, it, like, flakes off. And it's, like, black smoke. And you're just breathing these flakes. And I'm like, I can't breathe. I'm coming in. Yeah. Luckily, they said, um, and I don't know if this is true or not, but because he had his helmet blower. Um, yeah, it helps. It does. Yeah, well, because it's pulling air for the most part from the outside of the car, at least from the left side, like it's oh, from the left hopefully. side B post. Hopefully, it's pulling more clean air than smoke. But uh, they didn't pull the fire extinguisher. They they just got like nine bottles of water and took the right side window out and just dumped it in between the, the door and that's, the uh, chassis. That's probably the smarter thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have to breathe fire like. Because I texted Chris about it. I'm like, hell yeah, good job, top 10 after catching on fire like that. Like, I've had that happen. I know it sucks. I mean, it's like, yeah, the door foam wasn't the worst part. He was like, when he sprayed the damn fire, fire extinguisher, extinguisher. In there, I could not breathe at all. Well, fire extinguishers. 
it takes your oxygen away. It takes the oxygen out of the air. Yeah. So it tries to. Um, yeah. Did the but, clip of him driving around with all of that, like coming out of the car, it was ridiculous. Like, and how all, the, see? all the pictures after the race. Yeah, he looked like him. a yeah. war veteran or something, dude. It looked crazy. That was kind of awesome. Uh, Just wild. Dude, I had the. Speaking of that, I mean, AJ, like his cool suit broke, makes me question. I've had someone talk to me about getting one of those, but like, if it breaks, I feel like it's substantially worse than just not having one at all. But if you have it, it's like really good. I had, I knocked crush panels out of my car. Like, I don't know, lap six of stage two. I got a really, really good run on the front straightaway following the 45. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to pass his ass right here. Followed him straight into the wall. Like we both hit it. I was like, that was good, Bailey. Yeah, I've I've done that before in iRacing. Yeah, like I got a good run. Bam! And driver side, I've never hit driver side like that before. And it's a little bit more jarring. I got I thought the car was killed. And I got out and it really wasn't that bad. But I guess just because it's left side and the wall is right there. And the walls are so tall there, they almost seem like just old school concrete, but they're not. Yeah. Uh but yeah, not the crush panels out in stage two. And at the end of stage two, going into the final stage, I was like, I'm dead. Like, I'm not going to make it to the end. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have to get out of this thing. But luckily, like, they they got me an extra bottle of water. And I, I turned on my defrost fan just to kind of move air around the car. And that helped a lot, too. And I unzipped the full, like, I didn't have a shirt on in my suit. And I just unzipped the whole thing. Oh, good thing NASCAR's not listening. Yeah. And I was all good because I had that one little blower coming off. So it was kind of like blowing into my suit. And I was all right at the end. I was still pretty beat. I'm I was driving you. really hard trying to pass my teammate. And he blocked the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, the six. Just he's not in there for the season. So I don't know why he would race you so hard, but I get it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, it's, it was like I went up. I talked to him like, hey, man, good D there on that last lap. And he's like, yeah, sorry. It was like. I'm like, no, dude, it's last lap. You're racing. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. I'm not going to complain about it. I was just saying it's fun racing. He's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. Oh, but, yeah. Because, dude, like, I don't know. Our car was so good on a long run. It was really weird. We sucked on a short run. But if we could get, like, 10 laps, we were real little men. And uh, we caught him from, like, damn near the front straightaway. But, like, uh, the length of – not the front straightaway, but the middle straightaway after this came. I'd be coming out to Kane, he'd be going into seven, and I caught him from that far back with like five to go. And I started to set him up a little bit, and then we caught the 11 car, and we had to pass him. Then I had to play defense on him and try to pass him, and I just didn't. I had I had the run coming out of 11 and into 12 because he screwed up into seven. And what I kind of learned is if you messed up seven, your whole eight, nine, ten is junk. So I would start like acting like I was going to outbreak someone into seven. So then they'd screw that up. And then by the time they get to 10, there was absolutely garbage and I could pass them. But he just did it on his own. And uh, I got almost next to him going into 11, but he was clearing me a little bit. And I tried to pack air a little bit, get underneath him, but he just parked it, turned right. I couldn't do anything. Then I almost missed 12 and almost let the 11 back by. But I don't know. That, I was mad Friday because we kind of sucked. But Saturday, that track's honestly fun to race on. Uh, I don't know how the Xfinity race was on TV. Uh, the cup race was terrible, but 
I don't know. I I enjoy that course. I mean, we in my I'm not trying to toot our own horn here, but like that was a stacked field of 21 cars, and some of the cars we outran, I was pretty proud of. Like we beat the two car, the 88 car, Miguel Pluto. Are you taking a picture right now? Nope. Uh, the 11 car, and a lot of them we were just like they might have had like the two car got spun out, but he was. 15 car lengths back from me for the last eight laps and couldn't catch us. So I was pretty proud of that. But yeah. It was, uh, I definitely had an interesting weekend during the Xfinity race because you get a lot of downtime for a picture guy, um, you know, not hearing cars and stuff because you guys are behind the grandstand Avenue yeah. area. So I am, I'm facing away from the front stretch. And there's a jumbotron up, I don't know, at the top of the the stands facing from the inside of the racetrack. So I'm watching the race because we didn't have any monitors on our box. I was watching the race from that jumbotron. And this drunk fan was like watching me watch the race on the jumbotron. And like every two laps, you'd be like, who's winning the race? Who's winning? (laughs) I'm like. I'd have to look around because the ticker only was, you know, it's random. Yeah. I'd be like, I'd tell him, he'd be like, oh man, that's awesome. That's cool. He's wearing like an insane clown posse t shirt. <laughs> he was just yes. all about it. And then he was blowing me kisses from that's a little weird. I mean, the other that's side. a little strange. It was. And, and then he would, he would put his hands up in the heart shape and be like, you're my favorite pit crew guy. How like, old is this person? Uh, probably late forties. Oh, that's way worse. Like if it was a drunk 50s. kid, like that might have been funny. But yeah, so it, older dude is kind of weird. And then like our relationship just got aggressively worse because then he started flipping me off. So I flip him off, and uh, he's like, "Screw you, man! <laughs> but who's winning the race?" And I'd tell him, "Like, oh, cool, thanks, man." And then he'd like run away. And run all the way up to the top of the grandstands for like a lap, and then come back down for like two laps and go back up. I'm like, I don't know what this guy's on. He's getting his cardio in. Yeah, and then uh, the race is over, and he just started like obnoxiously cheering for whoever won or yeah. won. Uh, Reddit, dude. Reddit got her done. Drew. No, this was Saturday. Oh, Saturday. I think oh, it was Almanager. Almanager. Yeah, the dinger. Yeah, dude. I, I don't like every single time I go to Indy. The one thing that really baffles me the most is where I'm supposed to go for driver intros. I don't know if y'all have that same problem in Cup or if y'all get like an email or something, but like, yeah, we I know it's, full, I, we have a full IT. I'm sure someone on our team does, but I, no one told you. I didn't get the, I didn't get the map. So, like, the Xfinity cars, they make you drive the cars around to the racetrack. And no one else could fit in my car. So I had my suit on, got it on early, and then drove around for him. And Ellis did the same thing. He was right in front of me. And we got out, and I was like, he was like, you only got intros in like five minutes. I'm like, yeah, do you know where to go? And he's like, not at all. I was like, I know it's over there by the uh, victory lane somewhere. And then actually, this was like the one time a yellow shirt like was cool. He like, oh, yeah, right this way, right this way, right this way, right this way. And took us in there. It's like, the bathrooms are here, here, here. Uh, Did you guys not have to do the grid walk or the brick walk? No. Oh, because 
So what we have to do for Cup is from the 1948, you go out of that building and you walk along the row of bricks and okay. sign, auto, sign autographs back and forth with the fans. Oh, that, I've done that once before. Yeah, and then it, it takes you straight up to yeah driver intros. I've done that once before. Uh, speaking of, you said 1948, and you mentioned that about Joker Lap earlier. We should implement one of those in NASCAR. We should have at one of these tracks where there's alternate courses. We should be like, okay, these races are 80 laps long. Got to take the Joker five times. I think that's five a little times. aggressive. Maybe twice. Ten times, dude. I mean, think about a rally cross race. Those are like six laps and they have to take it once. Uh, I, I mean, if you do the math there, I mean, we're doing it, you know, 12, 13 times. Maybe put that one in the tickler file for later. I mean, why not? Honestly, why not? Have a jump in there, too. Small jump. Really throw Perfect. off these guys a little bit. They're on coilovers, independent routes. They're pretty much a rally cross car, if you think about it. Just yeah. raise them up. Raise little, up, son. A little more rigid. Not if you set them up to not be. But I'm just so, saying, a joker lap would kind of be sick. Looking forward to Michigan. Big horsepower track. Big aero track. You guys are going to race the, the same way you race at. Not Atlanta. No, I mean, Michigan, Michigan's a mile and a half. I mean, it's a... Essentially, you're going to race it like I'd run Texas or I'd run Vegas or I'd run California. I mean, California races like a mile and a half. Yeah. Uh, Are you guys going to touch 200? No, not not with this. Not with this. Like people don't realize that every single series in NASCAR has a tapered spacer, including us. Like our motors could make 900 if we took the tapered spacer off. Maybe 850, 800. But we don't. We have a taper spacer. We'll be going 190-ish into turn one, probably. 190-plus, like higher 190s uh, in a draft. But I don't know. No, I mean, another thing I want to talk about, Indy was had high V on the car, which is pretty cool. Uh, oh, yeah, you got to get that sponsorship plug in. Yeah, there. I mean, I, I got to. You got to. You got to. And Indy, of all places, they do a lot in IndyCar. So it was really cool to have high V on the car. Uh even Jack Harvey shouted me out kind of tight and never had an IndyCar driver interact with me on any kind of social media. So were, you star, cool. were you starstruck? No, but I mean, <laughs> it was cool though. I mean, <laughs> really no other series. I would say that uh, no other series driver that is really above me ever shouts me out on Twitter. So, and I consider IndyCar over Xfinity. You put it on the same level as cup. Yeah, honestly, just two different types of racing. I'd say popularity level, I think Xfinity's over IndyCar, but I think as far as profession level, I think IndyCar's over Xfinity. And same as Cup. I mean, you Boy, see Jimmy yeah. Johnson, uh, he struggles on road courses pretty bad. Sorry. And uh, yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> it's he, not uh, like you're talking about anything exciting. I'm just talking. That's what a podcast is. You just you're talk just, about stuff. You're just flat out babbling about nothing. I know what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, Clearly. So, wait, hold on. You talk for a second? What? Never mind. What? I was seeing if it was coming through to my soundboard here, what you were saying, but it doesn't. It doesn't work. Oh, man. Uh, that's so bad. That's so bad. I was just trying to see if, like, I should have been recording on here instead of on here. But anyways, uh, 
you know, that was cool. And then Michigan will be fun, I'm sure. I'm kind is of high, is high V back works. for Michigan. Stay tuned, brother. Oh, uh, well, that's what the entry list said. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> they gave it away. But yeah, well, hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, we've already done the press release and everything. So yeah, so taking the same car. <laughs> negative, negative. We it's actually got wrapped today. It looks pretty good. Is it red? Yeah, same, same. It's the exact same car I ran in Indy, color wise, color scheme wise. Even black fours. Black four, son. Wow, it's that's you saw it both. You saw it both ways uh, outside of the car. I've always seen pictures of it. Did it look better with black wheels or white wheels? White wheels. I think so too. I think so too. Everybody's like, "Oh, no, black wheels look better." I'm like, no, dog. The no, white wheels. The white wheels. The white wheels kind of set it off. The white because the white high V too. It. I thought it looked really good. That car, Indy, looked really good. Besides the mud flaps that were on the car. Uh, those are dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I hate them. Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta touch on for that. anything. No, I mean the mud flaps aren't gonna help. They're not gonna do anything. In my honest opinion, I don't think they'll do anything. Well, you haven't used them, so has Cup used them? Not yet. I don't think they're gonna do anything. Did did they were they not on the car for Portland? Nope, didn't have them. And I don't think they'll do anything. The, the we're not spinning the tires all the way around the racetrack. It's not like it's kicking up rooster tails from the tires. It's coming from the air on the car. It's like driving down the highway and it's shooting air up or shooting water up. After like, you know, when it rains sometimes and you get to that certain point where when you're driving down the road, it's just like throwing the water up behind you. That's what's yeah. going on. It's not because you're spinning the tires. You're not, the, the tires are not kicking that much water up. It's the air. That's pulling it off the ground. And that was tech talk with Bailey Curry. Yeah, it really was. And in my mind, we should just be running the speedway uh, tail extension. That would catch a lot of that. Maybe pitch that to Wayne. Yeah, Mr. Auden. Eh, they don't listen to me. Unbelievable. So, but like I said, that, that would work better in my eyes and not look near as dumb as mud flaps. Like the trucks looked okay with mud slaps because they're trucks. The cup cars, you can hardly see them. The Xfinity cars look terrible with them. Like I look at pictures, I'm like, oh, that's so gross. Why are those on there? Well, good thing Hy-Vee's back on the car this week, then. No, I am excited to have Hy-Vee back. They're uh, like they do they do a lot for racing. Uh and it's cool to be a part of that high V family. So hopefully they can get it because someone was telling me how they sell like all like there's a whole aisle of like high V racing diecast. Maybe we get up in there, catch a, catch a high V number four. There you hopefully. go. That'd be cool. But uh, yeah. So looking uh, forward to Michigan. There's that's that's the thing is what are you really looking forward to at Michigan? No, I, mm, there's not much. There really is not much. Like uh, every team stays an hour and a half away from the racetrack. You're yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah. We're a red roof this weekend. Oh, a red roof plus plus, but still a red I roof. Gonna, I was just gonna say they, that's how they spruce them up. They know? are not. I mean, if it's a red roof, it takes an awful lot of sprucing up to make it a nice hotel. It was plus premium plus. You're not uh, staying at a Holiday Inn Express. I can tell you that much. Uh, I'm so I have to go to Nashville this weekend. Oh yeah, that'll be fun though. 
and we will be staring at a clarion. Clarions aren't bad. They're, 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 a clarion is a real hit or miss hotel. They're either hit or miss. They're either really decent or they're really or bad. real bad. Real, yeah. real, real, real bad. And I've stayed at both times. And I've stayed, I know what? I stayed at a really decent clarion uh, this past weekend. Real good. Would you rather TV channel guide on a piece of paper laminated? Which I would you rather stay at the worst Hampton Inn or the best Red Roof? The worst Hampton Inn. Ah, no, because the worst Hampton Inn probably really sucks. I'll say this I'd rather stay at the fourth worst Hampton Inn over the best red roof and probably the best red roof over the worst Hampton Inn. That's not a very good answer. Well, I, I just told you I'd rather stay at the best red roof than the worst Hampton Inn. But if I had the opportunity to stay at the fourth worst Hampton Inn, I'm taking the fourth worst over the best red roof. Understandable. But Michigan, it's it's just tough because there's just nothing around it for 45 minutes at least. Not yet. You never have a service. Yeah, that's racetracks need to have Wi-Fi. All of them, every single one of them should have it. Ski resorts have Wi-Fi over the whole thing, and we can't get Wi-Fi at a racetrack. And they're making all this TV money. What's up with that? What is up with that? The one thing that really sucks. I used to really enjoy going to Michigan because in the, I used to enjoy the hotel we stayed at, and it was terrible. It was a terrible hotel, a roadway in. But downstairs, they had a bar with a pool table. And it was like this weird little, like, seemed like a dive bar, but it was in the hotel. And, like, you wouldn't know it was there if you didn't want staying there. But there's a pool table in there and a jukebox in there, and everybody would always go hang out. Tiny hotel, so it was just the people from your team. They were at the bar hanging out. It was kind of cool. It's like a private bar almost, but not staying there this year. Kind of bummed on that. And it was only 30 minutes away from the racetrack, which is a big plus for Michigan. Right. Cause anything within an hour is pretty much almost undoable. It's like, where do you think Ann Arbor? Is that where you're all staying? I am not sure. Oh, yeah. You're, you're on in Nashville anyway. I'm going to Nashville. So that'd be cool though. Yeah. They've, they've coined it the, the redneck Monaco. Hmm. Interesting. The race last year is pretty interesting because uh, the race winner got in a huge wreck. Yeah. The first flew or second through the air. Yeah. And then came back to win the race. So that was the one where you know, Colton Herta was charging at the end. It just took it just a wee bit too far. Yeah. So it, it should be interesting. Um, yeah. IndyCar is not my favorite, but I got to do what I got to do. So. I wonder how long they've been going. That's one thing I don't know about this. Uh, but whatever. But not, Nashville would be a cool... Uh, if Nashville's a uh, little turnaround section on the other side of the bridge from the stadium, was it so narrow? I wish we could race NASCAR there, but it's literally the narrowest racetrack ever over there. Yeah. It's tiny, 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 tiny. I, I street courses I don't think are going to be great for NASCAR. I can tell you what, 
if Larson has a brake failure or what they're saying is not a brake failure, but there's something fishy with that. If Larson has what happened to him into turn one, oh, he's at, dead. Uh, at Indy he's, this last weekend, in turn six at Chicago, he's very injured. Yes, very badly, too. Especially with this new car because it's very rigid. So I think we've talked about that before. It's very rigid. But I mean, he might have hitting the wall that hard might actually make it bend. So it'd be okay. Cause I heard someone say that these cars, it hurts worse hitting mediocre hard. Yeah. Yeah. Then if you hit really hard and stuff actually starts bending, then it's okay. Right. Like Kurt Busch's wreck didn't look that bad at Pokemon, Yeah. But you got to find the exit velocity or whatever you call it to hit the wall to make, actually make stuff bend. There right. you go. Yeah. So, yeah, but I have some uh, Twitter questions. Oh, we're doing let's, Twitter questions. Yeah, let's, let's run through them. I'm sure, them all. Are, I'm sure these are great. We'll start one close to home for you. Zbagger at Zbag72 says, have either of you raced go-karts at Road America? They kick ass. No, I haven't. I've always seen them over there, but I've never, never actually ridden them. Yeah, so my um, my parents' campsite is usually like right there, right next to the uh, go kart track, and I have to say I've never been on them. Really, I've never been on them. Well, this is uh, great, great back and forth. No, I, I was trying. I, I didn't understand this one because it says. IOS, but I think it autocorrected the IOS from his. This guy, uh, David at Famous, dude, David Taylor, he actually was a sponsor of my car at Richmond last year, or was involved in it at least. Uh, you guys have brought new folks to sponsorship in NASCAR. Are companies getting ROI, or is it more about the experience? Uh, Matt, you can probably touch more on this, but it's both. I, in certain sponsors want certain things. Some people want more ROI, and some people want a really good time they can take their clients to, which in turn... Could honestly be an ROI. Yeah, to touch yeah. on what you're saying, uh, some some companies are more worried about the numbers. Uh, some companies are more worried about they're not necessarily taking their employees to the racetrack, but they're taking key accounts that they are trying to either you know schmooze. schmooze. Yeah, basically, like I've seen it many ways, but I've seen the most successful thing be. Um, company A buys out space and has enough space for company B. Well, then they invite out company B mm-hmm. to get the experience. And then we facilitate more B2B opportunities between these two. So yeah. it's beneficial for all three of us. Yeah. And the other thing is too, is like, there's a lot of different sponsors and a lot of different companies, a lot of different people in the garage. And there's honestly... I've seen business done in the garage for people meeting at a racetrack. So yeah, I've seen one of the I've other advantages. Definitely seen companies come together at the racetrack and only at the racetrack where where business gets done. Yeah. David also asked me if you could pick any ride in the cup series to have, which one would you want? What about any other racing series? Uh in Cup, honestly, 2311, just because it's Michael Jordan's company. Uh Seems pretty cool to drive from Michael freaking Jordan. Uh, 
so yeah, any other series I want to drive for Arrow McLaren and IndyCar because their toolboxes and their color scheme is the coolest and their cars are fast. So John Garrett asked where we're going to have up and coming ARCA racing driver, John, Ter- John T. Garrett on the podcast. Yeah. As soon as you get here, we'll have you on. Uh, and this guy says, you haven't won a race since 2014. <laughs> Not true. And the Copperhead 100 and a Viper Pro Late Mall Series. Does that bother you? You haven't won in eight years or you just have to be running NASCAR? Um, clearly, it bothers me a little bit because I have won races since then. Uh, time card 100. In Texas, you probably just didn't hear about them because Texas racing really isn't talked about that much. But yeah, it, it does kind of irk me a little bit. I don't like not winning after, I mean, I feel like back in the day, I won quite a bit, but, and on the other side of that, yes, I'm very happy to be in NASCAR. Like it's, it's a privilege to be here. Me and Matt have talked about it in the past about like racing local stuff and just running mid pack. And that's not something I want to do at all. Like racing in NASCAR and running 20th, it's impossible to get here. So I'm very happy about that, but just to go run a Saturday night show and run mid pack, I'm not trying to do that. I want to go race for wins. Uh, Kyle August is Na- NASCAR is holding a tag team match in the infield ahead of this weekend's race. Which driver any series would you pick as your partner? BJ McLeod. Okay, there's Matt. Sand. I was going to tell you to go first, but BJ McLeod. I'm trying to think of someone who uh might be a little more out of the box. Uh. Josh Williams. J-Dub would be good. But Jeffrey? is he a fighter? Jeffrey? No. I don't know. I want someone who uh, who do you think in any NASCAR series is the most likely guy who's been to a karate class? Because I'm just trying to watch him work. Karate. Or like That's, any kind of fighting class. That seems like something Carson Hosevar would do. Yeah, he's a black belt. He's like a no. He's like a green belt. Like he's yeah. He just no, he didn't quite finish. But uh, he started when he was six. He ended when he was ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe Carson. Uh, I feel like the smart answer would be uh, Gregson because he fights quite a bit, so he's got the experience. Uh, so there really so aren't like any, and I'm gonna put all the drivers on this. There's nobody I'd really want in a fight. Like there's yeah, nobody B, like because BJ's big, but he's also a very very nice guy. I don't think he right. really he's not he's not be the aggressor in these situations. There's nobody that I can list off the top of my head that I'm like that dude's a scrapper, and I wouldn't want to be in the squared circle with him. Yeah, no, I really don't know of anybody either. Like, if, but if we're if we're diving into pit crew guys, that's a whole different story. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'd almost rather get one of my pit crew friends to go do it. Maybe I'll because, maybe I'll Matt. Maybe I go, you know, tag Matt in. Matt, Matt could fight. I could see it. I could see it. Or Roger. Roger doesn't care. He's scrappy. Yeah. You got a lot of you got a lot of big dudes, and then you got a lot of scrappy dudes. I'll tell you who I'd want. Uh, you remember that guy? For, it was from an Indianapolis race. The guy who was on Martin Truex Junior's team. Yeah. And the guy that uh, Adam Stevens called Cowboy. Yeah. yeah get guy. out of my Get out of my box. Get Get out of my box. I don't care who you are. Get out of. That's the guy I want right there. Uh, he used to, so where I was a picture guy, he used to be a coach. Really? And I saw him the week after that happened and he got suspended from the team. Uh, Caleb asked, his pocket's going to be on. Uh, as soon as you can start talking into the microphone, pockets, that, that's Talk the key. Into the microphone. Uh, David P. Queen says, or P. Queen, I don't know how you say his name. 
Uh, Bailey, does team ownership appeal to you at all, having driven for many small teams? Uh, I imagine you have ideas of what works and what doesn't. Uh, part of me does, just because I do. There's always ideas. I, I work in the shop. I see a lot of things. But also, owning a team is hard. Like, there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs, uh, a lot of money being moved around, which I don't know if I can handle that stress of, like, tens of thousands of dollars being spent and then having to wait for money to come fill that void. I don't know if I can do that. And then he has a question for Matt. He actually asked, do you have any desire to work any car events, but you do that. So he's like, are you content with NASCAR and IMSA? If you had to choose your favorite, I think it's going to be IMSA, but yeah, your favorite one going to work. My favorite one to work is definitely IMSA. Um, I'll choose that over IndyCar and NASCAR any day. Really? Uh, just because of the people that I work with there. It's really weird. So the team that I work for um, in other series, we're not very welcomed, but in IMSA, they are just excited for us to be there. And they kind of, yeah. they kind of roll out a different carpet for us to where they're very open and stuff. And one thing that I have to talk about is IMSA catering is quite possibly the best catering at any racetrack I've ever had. Uh, we were at Lime Rock a couple weeks ago. These guys had lobster, ravioli, and pasta. Damn, that sounds fun. I do that at a racetrack. Steak. They had skirt steak with like a chimichurri sauce. They had ice cream. And I haven't had, eaten yet tonight. I'm hungry. They had any like every kind of roll. Get some carbs up. But like, man, it's it's top tier. I'm, yeah, no, I'm just thinking that. about it. They don't call it wine and cheese racing for nothing. 100%. Uh, Patrick Anderson asks, what's your favorite paint scheme of all time? And what is your favorite paint scheme that uh, you have run? Favorite paint scheme of all time. I'm trying to think here. Uh, I don't even know. Matt, you got one more. I think about one. Um, favorite paint scheme. If we're going classics, I think the Dick Trickle 84 Miller High Life car from the 80s is a pretty good one. I really don't have one, dude. I'm trying to think. Oh, I take that back. The most iconic car, the coolest car, the one car I wish I would have drove from the past. The Mikasuki number one car. For- I thought you were going to say the Cartoon Network car. No, no, Doug. And it's not even like that. Um, the paint scheme is cool, actually. The Mikasuki number one or the old Act to the Back. Damn. The old Haas Zero. Those cars look cool, too. The Net Zero car? The, the Net Zero. I think it was a Haas machinery car at one point. And um, the favorite one I've driven. Uh, obviously, I love the Alka-Seltzer car. I love the High V car. Nice. Uh, but I think my very, very, very favorite. I don't know, the Havana Breach car is cool too, but I think the way to get that one in there. The the niece number 45 Sharky's truck I drove. That was just a ripoff of the Paul Jr. design. Yes, but it yeah. looked on, but it, it arguably arguably looked better, in my opinion. Had a shark on the side, dude. All right. Well, the Rocket Man 91 says, What's your favorite venue for track Bailey slash pit road? And PR amenities that's directed towards me. So let's just say that first. 
Okay. Well, what, what, what's your favorite one? So what I have found out recently, and I'm going to have to capitalize on this, um, for industry people at Las Vegas Motor Speedway, you get free massages and like pampering at the infield, like at, at the media center, courtesy really? of South Point. Really? That's yeah. Kind of cool. So that would say, be amenities okay. wise. I was going to say, uh, I liked, because I'm not a PR guy or anything, but when I did the NASCAR Nation takeover, I got to go in the uh, media center for Atlanta. They got a full QT set up in there, all not, free. Not anymore. Not anymore. That's whack because they had roller dogs up in that thing. Yeah, that was, they just finished that up, unfortunately, this year. That the quick, the quick trip sponsorship. Uh, what's your favorite city to go to, Ned? Favorite city to go to? I don't know. I'm going to be lame and say Austin just because it's my hometown and I know where stuff is. But, Kansas City is fun. <laughs> Kansas City, Kansas. Wow. Or say, honestly, I went to Gateway. And it, also, it all depends on the people you're with, like the team you're with. Anywhere we'd go with Nice when I worked there was pretty fun. Like, we'd always go find something to do. Uh, Especially when you had Pastrana drive for you. Yeah. No, when he was there for Vegas, that was a great time. Uh, but then Gateway is cool, too. Like, St. Louis is a cool old town. I and like stay like downtown too. I like for historical purposes. I like Indy because mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of home. Whereas like I grew up close to, to um, Lambeau field and it just has that same vibe where there's, right. there's houses right across the street from the racetrack. Yeah. Now then someone asked, would you like to go to RP? Yes. It's an easy one. That is a no brainer for me. Um, give me the outdoor says Bailey spell my name wrong to be a Y says it in my name uh, on Twitter with the heavy use of simulators and technology being used to set up cars and cup rather than relying on practice sessions, or at least it seems that way. How important are practice sessions for Xfinity cars to get the car where you want it to start the race? Uh, well, guys use sim and stuff like that across all three uh, trucks, Xfinity, and cup, but it's mostly just the top guys in Xfinity and trucks that really get to use the sim. Um, so for people like us who aren't using it, it's huge. I mean, it's all you got, really. You got last year's notes and this practice to figure it out, and it's 20 minutes. So uh, it makes it pretty tough at a road course or a speedway. I mean, speedway, you don't, you don't practice, so you just got what you got. And it's similar to road course, especially with these practices. You're not allowed to change springs. You're not even allowed to jack the car up. So... Or open the hood for that matter. Uh, I kind of wish they'd change that. I wish they'd make it where you at least open the hood. Like you can change camber without jacking the car up. And I feel like that's more, that's borderline a safety issue. Uh, if you got too much camera in the right front and you cord one, hire one on the wall, uh, that's dangerous. But can't do that. You can't really do anything. You aren't allowed to go underneath the car. During practice, you have the five minutes between practice and qualifying to go underneath, and you can move a left side track bar as long as the car's still on the ground. You can do shock adjustments, uh, throw a packer in there maybe, but that's really all you got. So you kind of have what you have when you go to the racetrack. You can't do too much, which sucks. I wish we'd go back to two 50-minute sessions, and that's just me. I know some people don't think that way, but 
honestly, the way the schedules have been this year, you're there the exact same amount of days. Uh, for teams like us that need to save money on tires, uh, and you could do it for the big teams too. They don't have to buy multiple sets for practice. Uh, you use the same set of tires for both practices. You got 50 laps on a set of tires, and that's that way you got. And you have, you have an hour or so or better between practice sessions to make substantial changes. But we don't do that anymore, so that is what it is. I wish it would come back. Uh, and then Alan Bedgood, or yeah, Bedgood says, do you see Denny Hamill being six, six, uh, oh, wow. a successful owner uh, well down the road, someday like Hendrick, Pinsky, or Gibbs? And I said earlier, I'd like to drive for his team. But yeah, I think, I think so. I think he's driven for Joe Gibbs so long. And it's like the other guy asked me about owning a team. Once you see it for so long, you kind of get a decent idea. Uh, and after driving for Joe Gibbs for so long, like Denny has, he's got to have a pretty decent idea. And with their marketing and stuff, I mean, having Michael Jordan's name on your team is pretty big for marketing. So, uh, yeah, I definitely see it being successful. And I think he'll continue to grow. Uh, same thing with goes for Trackhouse. Uh, I think the there'll be a new wave of owners and i feel like denny and justin marks are kind of just the the first guys to do it because i mean honestly these guys are getting old a lot of these owners roger pinsky rick hendrick uh jack roush uh i mean say tony stewart gene hoff i mean tony stewart's like the youngest one probably of the old school owners so yeah i i definitely I definitely see Denny being success, successful down the road. I don't know why I can't talk anymore. Uh, but yeah, Matt, your thoughts. It all depends. It really does. I mean, if they can get another charter, I think they're in a good spot when it comes to sponsorship. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I just think it's getting the right people in the right spots. Yeah. Because that's what uh, Rick Hendrick was really good at when he first started was getting the right people. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's that's what makes a race team. And you can go any different way, but it's the people working there. And I feel like Denny has a good grasp on how to get people and keep people. Uh, that's something that a lot of teams struggle with is keeping people. But I feel like he trades them good. Like, they're happy to be working for 2311. And that's what keeps people around. That's how you get the best people and keep them there. You got to make sure they're happy to work there. Uh, and they enjoy going to the racetrack every week. They enjoy going to work every day. For the most part. And that's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's like, why do you think Google and these billion dollar corporations like put so much into uh, their employee experience? It's because they want the best people and the best way to, have the best people and keep the best people is to make them happy to work there and win uh, races and win. But I mean, that goes hand in hand. When you get the best people, you're going to win races and that's the bottom line. Uh, and it's just getting those people and keeping those people. Uh, so one question you, you skimmed over because it didn't have your name in it. Uh, how does Matt's work at that company go? Is it year to year? Does he have a contract? I didn't know if you wanted to answer that. That's why I didn't ask. Oh, I'll, I'll answer that. So I started there as an intern. And then one day they were just like, yeah, we're going to start paying you, but you have to do more stuff. And that's kind of been the trajectory the whole time I've been there. I don't have a contract. Um, 
I could walk out the door tomorrow and they could just replace me. Yeah. So, um, that's how a lot of it is in this industry. There's a lot, we're at, we're at probably the time of the year where people are leaving and going to different places because they're trying different to get industries, ready. Even. Different <laughs> industries. Uh, we've seen a lot of that this year. Yeah. From a PR marketing standpoint, there's been a lot of people that have left the sport. Yeah. Uh, and, and that it's just a vacuum now. So now I consider the team that I work for, uh, like the Oakland A's, like, yeah, we're a team, but we're not the Yankees, right? Yeah. And the Yankees are looking for top level prospects and they're looking for players to fill out the roster. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of movement at this point in the year from not only smaller teams, people from smaller teams to bigger teams, but people from bigger teams just leaving and people from bigger teams going to other bigger teams. It's a lot of people are getting in place now because they want you to learn their structure, how they do stuff for the back half of the year. So you're ready for next year. Right. So that's, we're seeing a lot of, I mean, that's behind the scenes stuff that you don't see on the broadcast and stuff, but it's, it's silly seasons, not just for the drivers and the crew guys. It's, it's every team is going through the same thing. Right. In every, every position. I mean, yeah, you definitely, it's, it's like you said, it's this time of year where people are, are fed up and they want to do something different. They want to go work in a different industry, even some people. And uh, it's just that time of year. That's, I mean, same thing in driver contracts. It's that time of year. So, uh, yeah. Damn it. I had a really good. Oh, yeah. Speaking of behind the scenes, uh, that USA show, have y'all had any t- part in that or, or anything like that? Because, I mean, it looks like a decent show. I think they should be streaming it on Hulu or something. But um, we, I mean, I can tell you our company's not a part of it. Yeah, in a sense, but we had conversations with them earlier this year to be a part of it and have them on the on the car and stuff. And we had advanced talks with them. It just seems they went a different way. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I would love for people to see and hear the stories and see what goes on behind the scenes. Where yeah, I well, they probably wouldn't include that. They want to. They probably want the glamour of it. They just want everything up front, right? Nothing behind the scenes. People. I guarantee would watch a race or a, a show of behind the scenes stuff for the marketing, not just where I work, but I'm in general. No. Yeah. I think so too. But I think the, I think it's more of that kind of chaos and stuff. The teams don't want to be publicized. Yeah. They don't uh, want their dirty laundry. Yeah. But it would be good though. It a lot of race teams are like a duck on a pond, right? What you see above the waters, or let me say a swan. Swan's a better one. Above the water, you just see this elegant thing just gliding across the water. And then you look under the water and it's just straight chaos. Yeah. Everything's moving. Everything, it's just 100% chaos. Yeah. Now I get that. I get that. The show. Uh, but yeah. That might be Wheelman of Genius. The I'm not gonna lie, I was very angry earlier when the Zoom cut off. Hopefully, we're okay. 
I want to have them uh, morph those two together, I guess. And yeah, uh, so be on the lookout for more Zoom style. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I don't man. know if I can take. I don't know if I can take this. I think it went well. I don't. Th- yeah, of course. Any we could have. I could have had a tornado come through here right now. But this was way better than me driving over there. Hundred percent. One hundred and fifty percent. Well, all right. This is going to be the standard from now on, everyone. So no, no, get ready. So I, I'm going to start having guests on just so you have to come over here. That's right. So get some guests, and I'll come back to the studio. All right. Well, uh, that's it from Wheelman of Genius, uh, episode 39. We'll see y'all next time. Leave five stars. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Uh, tell tell them we're just great. Tell them we're a good listen. Uh, tell them on a long car ride the. The soft uh, tones of, of Matt and Bailey's voice really just relax you. Both of us just complaining about our lives. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we'll see y'all next time. And uh, hopefully Matt will be in person for that. So, see you. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.